We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Miami Heat Beat Podcast. I'm your host, Carlin Navis. And with me today, got Kenny Spence. What's up, Kenny? Host. What's up, man? Pre-gaming? Yeah, man. Working like hell over here and off here. Like, just, it's a lot going on in my life, man. Pretty tired. Just got out of traffic, but we good. How y'all doing? It can't be worse than Miami traffic. You're in Dallas. It can't be worse. It's actually not bad at all up here. I'm surprised. That's what, that's, I'm telling you. You know what? Hot take, though. Dallas drivers are a lot worse than Miami drivers, and I never thought anybody could be worse. They suck at driving up here. Listen, we're okay. We're average. I think I think it could be worse. If you're on average, we're average. We're average. I think no, we're average. We're definitely, we're definitely below average. No, we're average. I don't know. I've never been to Dallas, Kenny, but like we're below average, man. I mean, I, I, how could you say Miami drivers are? Yeah, average? no, Miami drivers are terrible. But we're average. I'm I've average. never had a Miami driver like turn right on like out of the left turning lane and that happens up here often we're reckless drivers we're not bad drivers and i think there's a difference i think the degree of difficulty of things that miami drivers do they're like new york drivers i would never say new york drivers are bad they just they try shit you know what i mean like they you know they'll they'll pull up from they're from they'll pull up from the logo and like shoot a gap that's that's what yeah, i'm saying yeah. listen i won't take my slider. that voice you heard and that face you see on stream it's our good friend. I don't know if I should even call you a, a Heat Beat alumni. I feel like you've, you've been doing gr- bigger and better things for a long time. But the voice of the Miami Heat pre, post, and halftime show of the Miami Heat Radio Network, also star of Panther Sports Talk Live and producer <laughs> of Crowder and Hawk, Alex Solana. It's incredible how wrong you could be about everything you just said. Like, <laughs> it was like almost a bit what, of what, like what Crowder and Hawk, uh, the voice, the, Crowder, the face of uh, Panther Sports Talk Live. I, like, said, they star. Tried to fire I said Star. I the star. Yeah, they literally tried to fire us like three separate times. One of them. And, uh, <laughs> but we, you made it. I didn't make it the last time, but you made it. Yeah. Yeah, I did. Somehow I made it. Um, and by the way, I, I am an uh, – a veteran of the Miami Heat Beat podcast because, you know, there was a time when maybe like 17 people listened to these shows back when you would, you and Brian first started. And I literally would go to your house in your room, ignore all the weird posters on the wall and talk to you about, I don't have weird like, posters. Talk to you about Jamal McGlore. So Big you know guy. what? I, I am, I am a veteran of the Miami Heat Beat podcast and I, I'd be insulted if you didn't, I didn't, uh, I didn't want to, I want to call you a Heat Beat alum, but I didn't, I don't want stolen valor. I don't want stolen valor on your career. Understood. Because uh, you know you, you're listen. You're living. You're the, you're the face. It's you and Tommy Tyke. Mike, am I brought on here? Like, am I a guest? Yeah. But like, I, I I'm, don't know. I'm, Are you? Like this episode is like, <laughs> oh, we're bringing on Solana for insight because I like. Do people know I'm an idiot? Like I, I, that, <laughs> they're not gonna get that much 
uh, insight from me. We don't got to tell know that. that. We got to we got to create okay, the illusion. Okay. And it's okay, kind of weird perfect. to have like my friends on the show because it's like you're kind of a guest, but you're kind of not. It's like when I have Leif on, I was like, it's not you're not really a guest. You're just like <laughs> doing what you did for fucking five years. And, you know, you, I don't know. It's weird. Kenny, the, the best part is like I listen to you guys to steal your takes for the radio. So like this is weird for me, you know. Like well, whose take up. am I stealing today? He's like, yo, you're playing the Raptors, and and he got any numbers? <laughs> Literally called. I'm 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 in LA and I'm doing Heat Radio pre half and post game uh, from LA from my hotel room, and I'm calling G before game. Like, yo, we're playing the Raptors. What do I need to know about the Raptors? Because I have no idea right now. I'm, I'm on a bender in LA. Like you gotta, you gotta fill me in. You guys are covering the Dolphins and the Heat. You're chasing two around and you're covering the Heat. The hardest working man. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's been fun though. It's uh, it's been it's been a really cool uh, cool opportunity to you know work with the Heat. I mean, it's uh, I know it hasn't been the best season or whatever, but it's uh, it's been a lot of fun. And that's why we brought you on, Alex, because I couldn't think of a better person to get the vibe check of the Heat. You're in the building. You're around the team. And I, I think that there are genuine conversations that I want to have about how do people in that building feel about this group? Because I went on uh, I went on Bob Schmidt's Cavs pod, uh, Fear the Fro, this afternoon. And, and you should check it out. Bob Bob's great. Fox radio veteran, Fox Sports radio veteran. And he asked me, he's like, how do you think Miami's going to perform in these upcoming games against Cleveland? And I was like, Bob, I got to be honest with you. I have no fucking idea. And I don't know who they are. And we're at this point that I think that they're kind of they're kind of eh, but then they go into Cleveland and win and they go into Philadelphia and win and they have great wins all over their resume and also they lose to the Hornets, you know, uh when they shouldn't. So, I want to talk to Alex. First I want to ask you like how do you feel about the season cuz some of us we're tired. You are also covering this team day in and day out. Where where are you at with them this year? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm kind of like eh also um they go in they pull off these big wins on the road and i'm on the air the next day saying the heater back baby this is this is time the heater back and yeah classic and uh <laughs> and then you know two days later they're losing to the Embiidless sixers because the sixers decide they're going to make it attract me and miami just can't keep up offensively but then they're scoring 130 points duncan has 14 caleb has 21 and oladipo is 22 and then tomorrow we're playing the Cavs and it's like, okay, can they realistically keep that up? So, man, like you hate to say it, but this team is probably right in between one of those two teams, right? Like what's more indicative of this Heat team, the real Heat team? Is it them winning in Philadelphia or is it them losing to Philadelphia at home? And as boring as this answer may be, it's probably right in between. Like they're probably right where they're supposed to be. I think they end up getting out of the seven spot. I think Brooklyn does end up falling, which I know uh, is easy to say because it's Brooklyn. But I do, I do think that ends up happening here. Like I really do. I think they end up in the six seed. Um, but as everybody else would say, again, I'm not breaking any ground here when I say this. Can they? win a first round series if they avoid Boston or Milwaukee, I still feel like they can. And I know a lot of people don't. I know a lot of people who listen to the pod and uh, and a lot of your uh, your followers on Twitter would say, I'm delusional for saying it. I don't think I'm delusional. I still think that other teams around the league and, you know, like we talked to some of these uh, play-by-play guys that come by, a lot of the um, the reporters who cover <laughs> opposing teams sit by us on Radio Row. And... Uh, the sense you get from people around the league is okay. Miami hasn't been great. Their shooting has been bad. They've given up some, uh, some pretty bad defensive performances since, since the all-star break, but nobody wants to play them in the first round. And, and that's the sense you get from people who probably aren't paying too much attention to the heat, but (laughs) are keeping a watchful eye. And um, I, I still think I still buy into that notion that for whatever reason, Jimmy, can be Jimmy in the playoffs and you pair that with bam, hopefully hero plays a little bit more consistent and you get a little bit more uh, consistency from your bench. You can beat a favorable matchup in the first round. Can they beat Boston, Milwaukee? I I don't think there's a chance in hell. Like I think it's 2021 all over again. So I know it's a little long winded, but that's where I'm at right now with this heat team. Yeah. Dos Minutos in chat says, what a filibuster by Solana. Great lung strength. 
<laughs> he also really wants you to talk about meeting you at a heat game two weeks ago. It was unbelievable because I had never met Dose. And I had, I think I had done, um, because he does uh, basketball for babies, right? Baskets for the, babies, uh, which is on Wednesday, by babies. the way. This Wednesday right. on Hangover Time. And I think I had jumped on either last year or the year before for a couple minutes. So I had seen Dose um, on camera. But, you know, like I'm sitting there, I'm doing my job, watching the game, and there's always people walking by me. And, you know, like somebody comes up to me. He's like, hey, Solana. So I like take off my headphones and then it clicks like, oh, it's dope. He's like, hey, it's Dose from Twitter. And I was genuinely Dose so excited. <laughs> I mean, I was so excited to meet Dose uh, from Twitter. Like, I, I mean, I, I don't I don't know why, but I was just like filled with like so much happiness that that one that I met him and two that he would come up to me and be like, hey, it's Dose from Twitter. Like, Solana, we know each other from Twitter. So. That was fun, but also the Heat lost that game, so I made it very clear. I, I never want to see him at a Heat. Where game were Dose's seats? Do you know? Oh, bro, he had good seats, man. He wanted me to ask you. He 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 texted me just now. Ask him where my seats. Were. What a fucking humble brag from this piece of shit. He had, he had good seats. He had good seats. I, I I don't know if we should launch an investigation on where that money and baskets for babies is going. Well, but they're this donating. Guy, this guy had good seats, man. They're donating. Dose is donating some tickets for the basket for baby charity. So if you even if you donate a dollar, you're entered to win these tickets. So if these are as good as Dose claims, you might get a front row seat at booing Jaron Jackson Jr. against the <laughs> Memphis Grizzlies, which that's what we're pushing. Because if Jaw's yeah. going to be there, I don't know. I don't listen. T Kenny, I don't know where Jaw's going to be in a week. I do know that Jaron Jackson Jr. Man. is going to be primed to boo. Yeah, they better boo him in the arena. First of all, like, and I don't want to get into the whole thing, but like, what whole thing? The the, the like the, the him pick? not playing any minutes and well, yeah, that's a little that's that that just makes me kind of sad and very annoyed because he. Just, anyway, if you're going to the game on. Um, Whenever, whenever the Grizzlies come, make sure you boo Jaron Jackson Jr. Because Please. this this trying to make a case for the one to win Defensive Player of the Year, um, and I don't even necessarily think that he'd have won enough for Bam to deserve it. But to just throw Jaron Jack to just throw him ahead of Bam after after three years of Bam deserving it, and be like, you know what, he needs to win it now. It's like, all right, come on, like, okay, so now you're watching teams that aren't really on TV that much. And now you're like, it, it, it doesn't make any sense. So if you're going to that game, let Jaron Jackson Jr. hear you. Can, can I, can I just interject here for a second? Like, yes, I agree. Bam should have won defensive player of the year, the last couple seasons, or at least should have been last year. At least certainly. It, yeah. At least should have been in the top three mm -hmm. and whatever. Like, I don't think it should have been Marcus smart. So I'm not saying it shouldn't be Bam, but like we're all in agreement, he's not going to win it again this year, right? Yeah, okay. this year, this year he doesn't deserve it as much. Okay, all right. I'm, I'm just yeah. saying because if you know, like as much as I'm, I'm going to peddle that narrative on the air. <laughs> I think, I think we all, we, we should all come to the agreement as Heat fans. Like he's not going to win it again this year. It so just feels let's weird. not let's not heighten expectations. I, I agree. Oh with yeah, you, no, but it's it also, not happening. It feels weird to be like, yeah, Brook Lopez is a better defender than him. I don't think any of yeah, us believe ridiculous. that. And it's like no. the candidates this year are kind of weak. So I think like mm -hmm. last year and the year before, it, it's kind of more difficult for him to kind of, you know, he's he's having a down year, but also like defensively. And I don't mean that. I just mean that in like he has more offensive responsibility. We talked yeah. about it on the show yesterday. He's kind of had some moments where guards kind of get by him because he's just doing a lot on the other end. And, and that just tends to happen. But, you know, again, it's just a down year in the league. So like he, even though he's not doing as much defensively, He's still like better than most people, and he's kind of like yeah. inched his way into the conversation again. I mean, they'd have to have like a crazy. I mean, they're fifth in defense, which is pretty insane, uh, all things yeah. considered. Although it feels like that twenty, feels like that twenty twenty one team where they were good on defense, but I think we all knew that they it just didn't have the playoff bite. Unless they mm -hmm. play Philly, which I think that they have a, an interesting matchup. Kenny, I don't know how you feel about what Alex said. I, I think, I think what Alex said is stuff that we've been saying. You know, all year so far, and uh, I'm I'm kind of with him on on pretty much everything. Yeah, um, I'm I'm I would say, um, and if you're a Sixer fan watching this, don't screen record. But I would say give us Philly in the first round. Um, but I think just this team is so confusing, and I I wish I had the time to look up what the Heat's record is against above 500 teams this season because it seems like they step up in those games for the most part. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, so 
and that's more of an indicator of what can happen in the playoffs. And I am a hundred percent with the opposing teams as um, journalists and play-by-play guys. The Heat still are a team you don't want to see in the first round, just off the sheer fact of how hard they play. You don't kind of want to deal with that right away in the playoffs. And then on top of that, we know what Jimmy becomes in the playoffs. Um, Bam has this new dynamic to his game where you can't just – you can pack the paint and slow him down a little bit, but it's not like, okay, Bam's out of the game now because he can't dunk anymore. And so I definitely think any team – I think they can also probably get a series over the Cavs too, but I think just in general – I fully understand why any team wouldn't want to see them in the first round. I, nobody does. Like you talked to, like I mean, I, I hate to use Bill Simmons as the example. I mean, he's <laughs> even scared. He calls him the zombie Heat. You talk to any opposing <laughs> fan base that I, you know, I'm in a group chat with some Celtic fans, and they're like, I don't want any part of that. They like, we don't want that. We want the Knicks because we don't believe in that team. Like everyone's like, that's kind of cute what they're doing like it looks kind of good but nothing really looks sustainable nobody really wants miami even by all accounts new york has played like a lot better than miami recently and mm-hmm. teams are still like no never mind I'd, I'd much rather have them in the playoffs and that that's the feeling like within the heat organization by the way that's what like, i wanted to ask you out. yeah <laughs> yeah flat out i mean that that's the feeling look like they didn't move on from guys they may lose in free agency. And, and gee, like you're, you're, you're way more savvy with this stuff than I am. But like, I looked at them keeping Struess and Gabe Vincent before the trade deadline, in my opinion, as, as them still saying like, yeah, if we're healthy, we still have a shot and we're not going to give up some of our better role players. A shot guys. at what though? Were, I guess that's like winning a playoff series. Yeah. I, I mean, that's how we feel. I, I'm telling you that the heat, I know, I know how crazy it sounds, but like are are the people in charge realistic with what the ceiling is perhaps but i still think in the back of their mind they and and guys like jimmy and 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 really like just the feeling around the team despite them struggling despite how bad it's looked since the all-star break at times they still feel like they can in a seven game series take down anybody like that that's the vibe you get um you know when when you're talking to some of the people who are who are constantly in communication with the players and and the coaching staff so obviously that's the message they have to convey right you're a professional athlete when you're asked about how you feel about your team you're not going to come out publicly and and hammer anybody so i i understand that element too where yes they have to convey this message of belief and togetherness and and you know pushing forward or whatever but i actually believe that jimmy butler and bam like they think that in a seven game series, no matter how bad it's looked, they're good. Like they'll, they'll be able to go up against anybody and beat anybody like that. That's, that's, that's how I feel like they conduct themselves moving forward towards the end of the year. You know, that, that actually does make a lot a, a ton of sense because at the deadline, they kept Lowry. I don't even think they made him available. Uh, maybe you would know different than I do, but I don't think they even made him available. And then they brought in they probably um, NBA right. champion Kevin Love. So I think the Kevin Love move, of course, they needed a four in some sense, but also they brought in somebody who, who's won a championship before and who fits some, who fits the mold and can lead and has IQ and all these things you need to go into a deep playoff run. So I definitely think the combination of those two things, keeping Lowry and signing Kevin Love, is kind of an indicator of where they think they can go and how much of a chance I think they have. But but gee, let, let me just let me just ask you this: like, okay, we saw how hot of a commodity second round picks were right before the deadline, right? Like Jay Crowder, whatever. And I mean, there's a whole other discussion that that can go into is Jay Crowder worth five second round picks? We can have that another day. But the bottom line was several players were traded for multiple second round picks. Now Miami right now kind of doesn't have that draft capital, and they didn't want to sacrifice it to go out and move and, and move Lowry and attach a couple first just to get off of the cap, right? But moving forward, I think it's fair to assume coming this uh, this free agency and uh, once that trade window opens again, you know, second-round picks are still going to be worth something just based on the precedent we saw right now in free in, in, at the trade deadline, right? Like, that's just me assuming it. And maybe I'm wrong. Again, like, you know better than I do. But if Miami knows moving forward, keeping Max Struess and Gabe Vincent is going to be close to impossible just based on... Uh, what their cap structure is like, especially, in my opinion, Max. I think he gets, you know, a pretty decent contract come free agency. Um, why not 
try to move him for second round picks. You're telling me there's no contending team that could use that extra wing guard uh, to, to help them go on a run, and they wouldn't have given you one or two or three second round picks if Jay Crowder got five. And that will just start to help build up Miami's capital in terms of picks. Even if it is just second round picks, you saw how important they were at a deadline. And Miami refused to move on from guys like that. So to me, that's Pat Riley, that's Andy Ellisberg, that's Eric Spolstra. Not that anybody's told me that, but that, that to me is an indication that we're not going to move on from guys who are important to what we're currently doing just to have a couple second round picks in the bag come this offseason, we still feel like they can help us get to where we're going. And that goes back to what you asked me. Where are they going? Well, as as crazy as we may think it sounds, they still think they're going to the conference finals again. And they still think that, you know, th there's a shot here if, if it all comes together that they can make another run. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. They so the pick situation's weird for them. Um, it looked like they were they were offered. It was somebody reported, and you can never really know that they were reported uh, some picks, some seconds for Max. They declined, which I like. I kind of agree with you. They 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 don't want to give up a rotation player, a guy who's a spot starter, as we saw last night. And who somebody if if their season is to go the other way, uh, it starts with him kind of shooting the ball better. Don't think they could keep him and Gabe. Um, it's got to be one of the two. And frankly, at this point, neither I, I don't really want either. But they're probably going to keep one of them. Um, and they're going to be a tax team unless Kyle's not the contract to move. It's Duncan because Kyle expires next year. And if you if even if you get rid of Kyle's money for like nothing, they still don't have cap space. So. You know, ideally, you get rid of Duncan's longer-term money because Kyle's money expires next year. So you want Duncan's the next three years of Duncan with his player option uh, and that third year, you know, off your book so that you can be under the tax. It doesn't give you cap space; it just gets you under the tax. And then by the time Kyle's expires, then Jimmy's super max is well into is it kicks in. So really, they're not going to be a cap space team for the for, until Jimmy Butler's contract is up. Because uh, now you have Bam, Jimmy, and Kyle's extension, and you have no picks to trade because that Oklahoma City pick is still not being conveyed because of the protections, as we've all talked about many times. So their their path for improvement is complicated. So I, you know, it, it probably they probably should have moved Max for seconds. I probably would have, but you know, judging from what you're saying, and it makes sense. Like they they feel differently. Yeah, yeah, I, and that that's why I I boil it all down to that. Like they didn't move on from guys who they probably. And, I mean, it's easy for me to sit here and say, well, anybody would have given up two seconds for Max. Maybe not. Like, maybe that's not how It was reported. And, again, we I don't know what to do with that. But, right. you know, there were, there were, like, reports floating. And it's like somebody probably would have taken a chance on him. I, I don't doubt that yeah. they could have gotten something for him. For sure. For sure. Mm -hmm. um, so, which, yeah, is, uh, which is how I feel. 
Yeah, because I mean, like to 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 um, Solana's Jay Crowder example, when he had been on the couch all all year and he hadn't been playing great in Phoenix before that anyway, and so for him to get five, they could have got two for Max. That's an overpay because Sadiq Bay went for five. You know, and like yeah, yeah, it's a little bit of an overpay. But, but the thing, yeah, but the thing, like a lot, there's a lot of overpays right now with picks. There's it's, a pick inflation. I'm telling you, it was, so, yeah. Alex. Have you heard what I said? Second round picks are like crypto. Right, everybody <laughs> they only have value because people want them, but like in reality, like at the end of the day, then you're stuck with Dogecoin, and the Dogecoin yeah. is some middle schooler. Yeah, yeah, it, it's but, it's pretty insane because like because then you pick these players and then they may not even make the league. Alex, we were talking yeah. the other day. Imagine you fucking tank right for a top five pick, and the guy you draft is Cody Zeller, and you fucking <laughs> you sucked ass, you sucked, and you had a miserable season for the privilege. To have Cody Zeller. There's so many examples of that, man. Like just what I, I was uh I was watching the most random thing ever, but I was watching uh some highlights of Mario Hazonia like three days <laughs> ago. And and I think I think the uh the magic took him sixth overall. The magic have overall. a lot of those, bro. And, yeah, it was fifth, and, I think. Yeah, and and I, I, I could be wrong, but I think it was the same draft as like Trey and Luca. I could be wrong about that, but what, regardless, like, think about that. You know, like, you take Mario Hazonia, six overall, and I don't even think he's in the league anymore. But I was mm. watching Hazonia highlights prior to him coming to the NBA, and I remember thinking to myself, this guy, he, he's gross. Like, he's he's the next big thing. He's the, the next big European player. And, I mean, thank God I'm not a GM. But, like, <laughs> it, it, it's so funny how many examples of that you can point to where, like, teams really gamble on somebody high up, and they end up just – being Cody Zeller. It's just funny. Yeah. Like, Anthony Bennett. Yeah. That was a mistake, though. Nobody had him first. That was Cleveland being stupid. Yeah, I, I don't know why they did that. That was Cleveland but... being stupid. No. That was... That's the thing. Like, you got you to gotta draft. You got to get the pick. You got to draft well. You got to develop well. There's a lot that goes into it. Like, I'm, I've said before, I don't... Uh, if I were a GM, I'd never tank. It's just, it's just not worth it to me. No, and I Kenny. think I think if you're in the market to tank, it makes sense, right? Like, if you're in different cities that aren't free agent destinations... It is certainly a good way to get, you know, you know, get you know, get some lotto tickets, right? And sometimes you win the lotto. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that lotto is LeBron James, you know? <laughs> sometimes it's Zion Williamson, where I don't even know if that's a good or bad thing at this point. Um, but, but look at the Sixers, man. Like, yeah, I know I know that's a, that, that's a, a very, um, you know, it, it's it's deeper conversation, right? Like, you could really go into the Sixers and their process and, and really like digest it all or whatever. Um, but listen, like I, there's a, a faction of heat Twitter that is very open about the heat should just blow it up and tank and try. And, no, Alex, and we, they want to be moralist. They're like, Jimmy deserves better. I was like, you don't give a fuck about Jimmy. <laughs> Jimmy but not only that, Jimmy deserves better. When has Jimmy Butler Played more successful in basketball, right? Like, yeah, when has he been more successful since coming to Miami? And that's not to say that like Jimmy owes anything to the Miami Heat. I'm just saying, like, why why would Jimmy Butler want to leave Miami right now? Because you know they're a middling team one season and their cap structure doesn't look great. I'll tell you what, man. There's been several instances when the Heat's cap structure didn't look great, and guess what? One of those times you ended up with Jimmy. You Butler. got Jimmy Butler. So. So, and, and I'm not saying they'll get out of it this time. It just, to me, it's funny where the Heat pride themselves on an organiz- as, uh, I'm being an organization that doesn't tank. And the fan base, in my opinion, should relish in that, where they refuse to go through bad seasons purposely for the hope of landing a LeBron James or, or They're right, burned, the flip bro. side of Cody Zeller. They got Michael Beasley. I love Bees. By the way, more finals minutes. I want, I want him to get another stint in Miami. More, I don't care how old he is. More finals minutes than Derrick Rose. Never forget. <laughs> and that was the right pick, too, by the way. It yeah. was. Like, no matter what what ended up happening with Love. OJ Mayo. And, yeah, like that That ended up being the right pick. He, that just wasn't the best draft, and it is what it they is. Almost, but... People were talking about him as number one. Oh, Michael Beasley in college was a fucking animal. Michael Beasley Crazy. workout videos, Crazy. top five player of all time. Yeah, his K State highlights are just stupid, man. Just stupid. <laughs> the workout, I, you know, I, I saw him the play workout live. video oh, oh. highlights. Whenever that guy's in an open gym, I'm like, this is this is Le- this no. is this is LeBron I, James. <laughs> I saw Michael Beasley play in person a bunch of times at um Miami Pro League, and 
there's NBA all-stars who came into that gym and just Can't looked guard. like nothing against him. Can't just guard. Man, I don't know what happened in the NBA where it didn't really work. And he, he showed flashes a bunch of times, but you put him in an open gym, like you said, he's the best player in any open gym. Dude, it's crazy. Yeah, he's a, he's a hooper. Like, he's a yeah. hooper. That's like a pure <laughs> definition of a hooper. <laughs> yeah, there, uh, somebody, Alex in chat says Beasley was dropping 30 and 20 games in college on the regular. Like, yeah. Chat, yeah, don't blame Spo. Don't blame Spo. I meant, Alex, do you remember the, the Udonis – Beasley controversy on who closes. Uh, wasn't that wasn't that his rookie season? Wasn't that the series first year. round? It was the second year. Second I think year it started. where the, the, the Heat go to uh, the Heat go seven games with the Hawks. No, that was his first year. But I think that the controversy that started the second year where UD was closing every game, and, and some fans wanted Beasley. <laughs> it is funny though, like looking back because that was such a different NBA. It wasn't even that long ago. But that was such a different NBA than it is now, Bro, right? That was... Because the no, the notion that you'd have a four, a, a, a four that could score that way, and <laughs> and he'd be on the bench. Alex, that was fifteen for, years for ago. Has What? Man. That was fifteen years ago. Yeah, you got drafted in 08. Man. You're like not that long ago. That's like a <laughs> fucking eternity, dude. That's a whole new crop of players. I'm, I'm fucking washed, dude. I know those guys <laughs> that we so named old. in that draft. They're all either old and washed. Or not in the league. Like, I think O.J. Mayo, and I, I don't know what happened to him. Kevin Love is, we know Kevin Love, Westbrook. You know, we know that all these guys are cooked. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Crazy. Man. I know, man. We feel old, bro. We feel old. Uh, I give <laughs> uh, Literally, like, that didn't that didn't click for me until you said, like, bro, that's 15 years ago. Like, holy shit. It's, it's not just 10. Like it's like the 15. You're just like, God damn. What were you going to say, Kenny? That's it because it feels like yesterday. Like, I remember, and Happy man, I. <laughs> no, but I remember that draft making me kind of mad because, like, at the time I was in high school and I was a real big, um, like, that's that's when the high school mixtapes first started coming out. The John, so Wall, time, mi- the John in, Wall mixtape. Yeah. All time. That's but, but like when they first, first started coming out. I was in, I was in my junior year, I think. <clears throat> And Derrick Rose had one, and I was an obsessive Derrick Rose fan. So all year, I'm like, oh, man, like, okay, everybody's talking about Michael Beasley. We're going to end up getting Derrick Rose because he was terrible that year. Like two weeks before the draft, Derrick Rose ended up being a projected number one pick. I was like, fuck. And what happened happened from there. But, man, I was fucking sick at the time. Those are, those are the days, baby. Now we're talking about second-round pick economy. So <laughs> crazy, man. It's crazy. Uh, do you do you agree? Do you agree though, G? Like in terms of of the tanking, the 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 idea of tanking, as a not you personally, but as a fan base, the majority of the fan base. Because I do think that we get caught in this idea that Twitter is uh, is representative of you know the 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 majority, and I think you know going to the stadium. The same thing happens with Tua, right? You see it a lot with the Dolphins where, you know, if you get caught in this this bubble of Twitter, you you think that the fan base is split 50-50 on Tua. You know, people that hate Tua, people that love Tua. And then, you know, I travel with the team and we show up to hotels and everybody's wearing a number one jersey. Because well, everyone, everyone's a star stadiums. fucker. Because I guarantee you, a lot of these dudes that talk shit about Kyle Lowry, if they see Kyle Lowry at Dayland Mall, they'd be like, oh my God, Kyle, can I have a picture? You know what I right, mean? But, like, but, I, 
But I mean, Kyle Lowry is a separate situation. I do think most of the fan base is upset with him. But no, they hate somebody him. They straight playing, up hate him. Yeah. Right. So somebody not playing for for this amount of time, uh, especially with you know how how mixed the reports are and and whatever, is different to me than you know a guy like I don't know um, uh, like Bam or whatever, where or, or or even Jimmy, where there is this loud faction on Twitter, who's who's literally telling you like oh trade jimmy his contract sucks that he aren't going anywhere i think that's such a minority though and and it's 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 really when i tell you that if you walked into uh what's it called miami date arena right now and you pulled every single person walking through that door like hey would you even consider trading jimmy butler like you're gonna get oh yeah it's a non-starter who tell you yes and everybody else gonna look at you like you're smoking hot take harry tells you absolutely Give me all the second round picks and then every Florida Nando and chat says no, I'm but, throwing an empanada at Lowry if I see it, which made me just laugh because that was funny. No, no, you know a perfect example um of what Alex is talking about. Um remember last season Duncan Robinson on Twitter was public enemy number one. Everybody hated Duncan Robinson. But remember that game where um he hadn't played in a while and he went to the score table and got a standing ovation? That's no, yeah, like it, it's, it's just. I think that happened yesterday. I think the that fans literally, yeah. that literally happened yesterday when Duncan walked to the scores table and Mike B introduced him. You know, it, it, he hasn't been playing great, and he he was one for one the last time he played, but it was garbage time against the Sixers. Yesterday he checks in in the late in the first quarter, and you're down. Well, you gave up forty three points, but you were down ten points at that point, or at least double digits. He was the savior. He not was the savior. He, not that he, yeah, not that he got a standing O, but you know there was. Very a loud, of cheers. apparent cheers yeah. for Duncan Robinson, who has been, you know, a big letdown considering how much you paid him over the past two years. Alex, so I have a question. It's a, such a perfect example, Kenny. If Kyle goes to the score table tomorrow, a chat says that was all Alf cheering for him. And, and the arena. <laughs> if Kyle goes to the score tables tomorrow, he's checking in. He's he's kind of waddling over. Is he getting? Is he getting like a lot of cheers? I mean, he'll get cheers because that's what a home team does. Is, right. is he? Is it going to be like? Is it going to be? Will it surprise us? Or is he just getting straight I, I think, booed? Or man, and and maybe it's because fan bases are ignorant, and you're at a stadium, and you just you just want to to cheer on your team. Did you need which, them to win? Which is fair, <laughs> right? Like you're you're there, you've paid money, and now whoever's checking in for you, you want them to win. I I think yes. I, I think the majority of the fans would uh. Would would give a a pretty loud applause for Kyle Lowry checking. We don't pull really our own do. players. I, that's not a Heat thing. That's a Sixer thing. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Chat says uh, if I'm in the building, maybe, <laughs> maybe he'll he'll get a <laughs> he'll get you. Yeah, no, no, I, I, I think he'll definitely get a good ovation. This is like I get people not I, liking I him. him. I get it. By the way, I just want to I want to make it clear. I get people not liking him. I'm just I was just curious as to as to. You know how that how that goes because Alex is right about the Duncan thing. Well, Duncan's gone from villain to hero again, right? Because just because he's like this alluring thing is like, can you fix this? And Lowry <laughs> might be the same thing. It's like, I, I think I also think some of the fans are sick of watching Gabe Vincent make fifty decisions a game. Yeah, it's frustrating. Oh, it's yeah. and I love Gabe. Like, I do too. He's yeah, one of the dude. nicest. He's one of the nicest dudes. Like you, you talk to him, and he'll he'll give you the most elaborate answers. He's always the most respectful person. Like I love Gabe. But you know it's frustrating watching him uh, in a do role what that's he does sometimes, head. right? And and, yeah. and that to me is, is has always been my point where you're asking somebody who's making one point whatever it is six million dollars a year who is undrafted to be a starting point guard and that like that that's just not who he is, it's just not. Kenny, I and think- a starting point guard in in, in in today's NBA where like twenty eight out of thirty teams have like borderline all star point like it's a Crazy point guard area. I don't, I don't know if you want to throw Gabe out there. But yeah, what's your, what's your saying, That I think the way to gauge this, and Alex, you 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 and Kenny might be able to answer. I think the way to gauge the actual common person's opinion is check the Instagram comments of the Heat account. <laughs> I think that the common man is on Instagram. Instagram's the every person yeah. app, and you read. That's how I get the vibe of Miami. I go to the only in date comments. I was like, what are they saying? That's the pulse of this city. I have I have a, a one rule on Instagram. Don't if, if well that that's a, a big rule for like my mental health. But if <laughs> you see one of these like you know and and I'm not taking shots or whatever, but like 
only in Dade does this a lot. A lot of these like big local accounts do this a lot where they'll, they'll put up like something obviously controversial. They obviously just want to run up their comments for engagement. And then in the, in the, the, the title of the post, they'll write, let's discuss below, oh, yeah, discuss no, below. Let's discuss. I'm not reading anything because you know <laughs> I read them. that it's, it's, it's literally, yeah, well, I want to know sick. the pulse of my city. I want to know what these people you're are sick. thinking. I want to know. Uh, I want them to just post Kyle Lowry and just go discuss. Just to see. <laughs> I just want to know. I, I just want to know. Kenny, what you're saying? The Facebook but, is uh, tough too, man. The Facebook is that's tough. That's a different I love, demographic. Alf, oh, I haven't Alf. been on Facebook since like 2011. I think it's Alf who does that a lot where he'll go to the Facebook and he'll, uh, he'll screenshot like after a loss. Yes. And that to me is always great content reading the Facebook, but yeah, man, like I, I just don't take, I, I used to do it where I thought social media was really like the pulse of a franchise or the pulse of a fan base. And I, I, I learned quickly that it it's really not like, it's really not. And the majority of people who are on social media, like are just not representative of, of the reality of any situation. I like to think of hot take Harry as the avatar for Twitter, man. Right. Like everyone, <laughs> everyone, everyone's not, I love Harry. I'm just, I give Harry shit. We're friends, but he, he, uh, he, he does catch a lot of flack and like, I don't get it because I like, I, I, I love going to his page whenever, you know, it's, uh, it's the trade deadline or free agency or whatever, or anytime the heat lose, like I genuinely enjoy reading his commentary because it gives me that other side where it's like, okay, wh- what are some people thinking right now really about this franchise? Like, or about this team or about Pat or holding whatever. people and, like, accountable. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what he would say. I I don't usually agree with him, but I like I don't think sometimes I, I, people are like outraged, like how could he tweet that? Like Chat said, I don't know. I mean, it's, yeah, it's fine. Like you can think that way. There's there's different ways to approach a uh, a a basketball game. You know, yeah. it, we're not talking like wow, Harry's really like, storming the capital. And t- call Ethan out by name. <laughs> call Ethan's comic out by name. Chad is like Ethan. Ethan's agenda. I, I'm glad you guys see it like I do, Ethan. Don't think I don't see you, Ethan Skolnick. I know. I know you're peddling. I know you're selling. Brady Hawk, Alex, bring him to justice. Bring yeah, him I think to after a while, Harry's just Harry. I can't really be mad at him. He, he's, he's, he's going to talk. He's going to say he's gonna fire I up the told trade you machine. He's, trade talk, like, yeah. Yeah, it's like, he, he's Harry. You can't really he's, be uh, mad at him Harry. forever. He's in my yeah. all-time favorite Heat Twitter picture, which is uh, Ray Allen's shot, and it's you just see Ray Allen, <laughs> you see Young yes. Jeezy, Falcao, and Hot Take Harry, and what a <laughs> just what a what a group of people, <laughs> what a group of people. Kenny, you've seen the picture; it's hilarious. Yeah, yeah, you saw me. I've talked about it on the show. It's so funny, Jeezy the Snowman, my favorite though. All right, so let's let's close this out. Um, Alex, I I don't know what their identity is, right? And I do think that after everything we've said, right? We've talked a lot about, you know, kind of trends throughout the year, what fans think, what we kind of think or don't think. And I've talked, and I've even said, I said last week, I was like, I don't think talking about trading Jimmy Butler is like insane. I think it's certainly something that you have to think about given the reality of their situation and I wouldn't do it, but it's certainly like there are like things that are good and bad things like valid, like on, you know, uh, everywhere. Like there's like part of the discourse, but I don't know who they are and where we're so many games in Alex. Do they know who they are? Yeah, it, it's a good question. By the way, I, I totally understand the idea of, of a Jimmy Butler trade. Like I get it. I'm, I'm, but it's I'll not tell you right stupid. now, the heater. It's not stupid. No, 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 no. Yeah. It's not stupid from from the standpoint of alleviating cap room and and building towards the future, building around Bam, who clearly can be a centerpiece to build around if you can go get him another star or whatever. But I'll, like, I'll tell you right now, it's not happening. It's not unless Jimmy it, and, goes. And into- I'm not. That's not a hot take. It's not a hot take, and I'm not breaking news. Like, and and I'm not plugged in with Pat, who told me this or anything. You're plugged into Andy, but of course. It, if, if you actually think the Miami Heat are trading Jimmy Butler without Jimmy going to the front office and saying, I want out of here, you're, you, what have you been following for the past two-plus decades? Is Shaq Not the this only organization. one that they traded? Yeah. Well, I was going to bring that up, right? Because to Alex's point, um, the, I think aside from Jamal Mashburn, 
which was in like 2000, that he haven't traded a star, and Jamal wasn't even the star of that team. So right, I don't even know if you, I'll, I'll give well, no, they, that. They traded Karan. They've traded stars, but for other stars. Yeah, right, but, but yeah, but Karan after his rookie year, like established star. The only one is Glenn Rice, but he never played for Pat. And so right, it's, but it's every like, time, every time you were trading. And and yeah, Glenn Rice doesn't really fit because it, it was a different era. Yeah, but he, yeah. every time you're you know you're moving Lamar and Karan, who are you getting? A bigger star, you know. Yeah. Like if 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 there was a star on that level, and I guess Durant was, but Durant didn't want to come here without Jimmy Butler anyways, and without Bam Adebayo mm-hmm. anyways. So it didn't matter. Like that conversation doesn't matter. It doesn't hold any weight. They're not trading Jimmy Butler. It, it, yeah, it's, it's there's such, no way. It, to me, it's it's not even a debate worth having. Like you can argue for it and say, you know, it makes sense because so and so. And I'm not saying you're wrong, but like, how many organizations can you do that with? The Blazers can do the exact same conversation. Oh, clearly, Damian Lillard, our ceiling is what it is, and we can't bring in another star next to Dame, so let's trade him. Look how much he's making forty six million dollars a year. But everyone's Look having many- that conversation. Everybody's like, why don't you trade Dame? It's like. Right. <laughs> Yeah, but guess what? The Blazers aren't going to trade Dame unless he says, I want to be traded. Because mm-hmm. you'd be absolutely insane as an organization to trade away your best player and a, 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 a player that you've literally given to your organization as the face of the franchise to now trade him just because it helps your cap space. Like, you don't, you don't do that with those guys. You do it with the Tyler Heroes. Like, that's a conversation worth having. But you don't do it with the Jimmy Butlers, the actual face of your franchise for the past three years. And the guy who led you to the NBA Finals, and by the way, in the NBA Finals, put on a performance that your fan base fell in love with so much that he's now in the conversation for top five Heat players of all time. And he hasn't even won a title. Alex, he did Think that about twice. That. I said the yeah. other day, I was like, he had that game six against Boston. And we talk about it. And compared to LeBron, LeBron is the most iconic, important player of this era of basketball. And we're saying what Jimmy did is comparable to that. Like, mm-hmm. and he he outplayed LeBron game. twice in the 2020 finals. Down near played so to I, a push I, for the I, series. That's why, that's why, you know, people who are actually advocating for that outside of just trolling on Twitter, which I'm all for, like I'm all, I'm, all, I'm mm-hmm. here for the trolls. Like I'm, I'm cool with it. But if you're actually advocating for that and you're upset that they don't do it, well, then you're just not paying it. You're, yeah, you're, you're I, I not think, actually paying yeah. attention to to how this franchise conducts itself on a realistic level. Like you're just not. Um, but but as far as their identity goes, G, um, I I don't think they are are totally sure what their identity is either, right? Because the Heat, in my opinion, still feel like they're a shooting team at times. And <laughs> I think yesterday was such a good example where like they knocked down shots and they're like. Hey, yeah, yeah, we do that. Yeah, this this, this but, makes but they sense. But they, this feels right. right but, they, but they don't, right? So I, I still think Eric Spolstra is kind of at that point where they're going to keep playing that way. And, and they're also going to keep hoping that Jimmy Butler gets to the line 15 times a game and that Bam has to go off for 20 to, tw- to 25 a game in order for them to keep up offensively. And then great they'll tell you, right, they'll tell you that, you know, their identity is defense. But it, ha- that, it hasn't they're, been. They're fifth in the NBA. Anybody watching this team? I mean, yesterday, even Bam like got taken off the dribble a couple times. Why are players going isolation against Bam Adebayo? It doesn't make any sense, right? Well, mm-hmm. guess what? More and more teams are doing it. More and more players are feeling comfortable doing that, getting to the rim at ease. So something that they were so good at, they were excelling at, not allowing teams to take advantage of them down low, despite being undersized, that's where they're really... Uh, vulnerable right now and 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 to me like that's a huge that that to me is a bigger issue than anything else where you're allowing the Hawks to score 43 on you in the first quarter and then you had right. to score 130 to beat them you're not scoring 130 down the stretch of these next 17 games maybe two or three more times maybe but they're they're not capable of doing that consistently so I I don't I don't think they really know what their identity is outside of it's 50-50. Some nights they'll do it defensively. They're going to win a game 98-95. to 95. And then some nights they're hoping their shots go down the way they did last night. And they're going to win a game 115-111. to 111. But like that, that's where they're at. That doesn't inspire it's, a ton it's, of confidence. It's, 
it doesn't, it doesn't <laughs> but 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 that's I, I mean that's how i feel like they're at where they're they're just hoping that on any given night their shots are going down and they're going to be able to keep up offensively and that their defense will at least be formidable enough to keep them in games late which by the way is work like what was it? Forty-two games now. Is it? Is that what it is? The clutch games. I know Anthony Chang and Cooper Moorhead are tracking it. Like if their life depends on it, they have a record <laughs> at stake. Alex, forty-five yeah, is the I'm, record. I'm so invested into it, but they're they're above five hundred in those games. You know, they're so, plus like forty-one in the clutch. Yeah, I couldn't believe. Ken, did you know that? No, I had no idea. I I checked today when I was on Bob's podcast because he was telling me he's like, man, you guys play like a lot of like close games, huh? And I go, bro, and I told him about the Cooper Moorhead record. He goes, yeah, that's crazy. He's like, I looked at their clutch minutes and they were like by far the by far the most. They're plus forty three in the clutch. They're third in the NBA in the clutch, uh, behind Philly and Denver, and they have the most minutes. They have hundred and ninety one clutch minutes, twenty one more than Dallas in second place. That's crazy, man. I can't believe they're <laughs> good at it. I mean, and they're they're good at it. I mean, that's what you know, Zach 33 in chat said their identity is Jimmy and Bam. And I guess when you bring the game close, that's all you need, right? Those guys mm-hmm. will make enough plays that you'll win. And then that's why the Nick loss pisses me off, man, because that fucking Randall three bobbled, you know, everywhere and then went in. That, it, it, that, it, was, it was a perfect defensive possession. Fuck that and play, it just... man. <laughs> Crazy man, oh, I hate man. that man. Crazy, and you're you're taking a beating, by the way. Like you're dude. you're taking an effing beating, bro. Dude, and I gotta be honest with you, <laughs> Nick fans are like not. Celtic fans bring it way harder, and Philly fans bring it way harder. Yeah, that's because well, the Knicks suck for so long. They don't know how know? to act. They like how to. They had a seven game win streak and didn't know how to act, and they're not funny. So that one person made like a video like mocking me and i was like that's kind of funny and i retweeted it and i even commented i was like man this is like really good and she goes i mean it's just a video and i go <laughs> okay lady like be be meaner or something i don't know bro it's just these, these people gotta step up i just it's like the people i just like a lot of people are just saying oh what a cute what a cute effort and i was like that's pretty funny but that's like all i got and i was like you guys gotta come on let's step up you know I'll I'll be the villain, yeah. but let's go. You know what I mean? Uh, they, yeah, they it, 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 after the Knicks game, it kind of like they couldn't. I wouldn't be offended by that stuff because I've noticed the pattern of they won and then they were like bringing up the Allen Houston shot and a bunch of stuff from the '90s. So I asked like, why are they like talking about? 20 30 years ago and then it was like oh wait they just haven't done shit since and then i just stopped paying attention to it i'm i'm cool with it though you know why kenny because as a long time suffering dolphins fan like i that's how i feel the Knicks fans are right great yeah i mean i shouldn't say great legacy but like they had they had a a period of they had a period of time where they were one of the better organizations in the nba and whatever like they they felt like they belonged in the conversation and then it's just been two decades of absolute dumpster fire and now they were they're experiencing a little bit of winning i equate it to the dolphins going on that five game win streak in the middle of the year two is in the mvp conversation he's playing out of his mind like you couldn't tell dolphins fans anything when they beat the bills week three you couldn't tell dolphins fans anything right. and that's and that's that stage the knicks are at and just like the dolphins they'll lose in the first or second round and everything will be uh will be okay in the universe again that, man that, that's I, how i felt I, I, no, nah, but this, this is the thing, right? And I, I, I didn't know we were going we were going to end with me slandering the Knicks, but I'm like, <laughs> I'm I, like, Heat Beat is a platform where I can like, I'm really big on like I watch a lot of classic games and I study a lot of old players, and so like I just don't get to use that on Heat Beat. But the Knicks are probably the most overrated franchise in sports, and I say that pretty confidently because they won two championships in the '70s. And they were never a threat to win another one until until the mid nineties, yeah. which they even still in those final series they didn't stand a chance. And then they were bad for another twenty years, and then they had the Iman Shumpert and the Marsadamire and Carmelo teams, who nobody also believed in. And then they had twenty twenty one, and they have this year. And it's just like it, this. So the, the like the whole idea of them being like the storied franchise, quote unquote. 
not really. They just they just play in New York City. Like if if, yeah. if you put that exact team's history in any other city, Minnesota, nobody cares. They have they have the same. If I'm if I'm not mistaken, they have the same amount of championships as the Seattle Sonics. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. It was in the seventies. It doesn't like, matter. It literally doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah, yeah. None of it. Ma- there was no three point line. I think like, the only the only like sports <laughs> team that I think is as overrated as the New York Knicks is Bayern Munich. They just fucking farm the German league. And I'm not impressed because you farm the German league. And then you obviously you get all the good players because you guarantee you're just going to win a bunch of titles because like all those teams in Germany yeah, they've, stink. They've won a, they, they, yeah, they've, they've won a couple of Champions they, Yeah, because of course, because like, you farm the German league and then you're able to get players no, to come. No, I get to it. Because I mean, yeah, it's a, par- like, it's a little participation here? trophy. Like Studio Mane went there. He left Liverpool to go play in Bayern Munich and he holds his little participation trophy. Like, hey, man. I'm not even disagreeing with you. Like, I have no love for Bayern Munich, but I don't think that's a good comparison. Barcelona's right there too. Par- fucking participation trophy league. La Liga sucks. <laughs> it's a fucking. It's a wasteland, bro. I fucking hate any. I don't understand how anybody can like say that that league is good. I fucking hate them. I fucking hate everyone that's not Liverpool. Let's just be real. Hey Arsenal, hey, uh, fuck hey, you for hurting Luis Diaz. I fucking hate hey, you. Hey Kenny, guys. I'm I'm 100 percent with you though, bro. Knicks, first round exit, and we'll be all right. Thanks for bringing us. We'll be all right. Oh, yeah. It's, they're not getting past anybody. We've seen Julius Randle in the playoffs enough. Chat's mad at me. Uh, we've gone a long time. Alex, <laughs> thank you so yeah. much for making the time for us. Listen, we, 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 we went all over. We went back in time, forward in time. We talked a lot of stuff. Thank you always. Good. Alex is a, a dear friend and, and, and a great a great person and human where can people find your work? When can they listen to you? If they want to hear these takes on the radio, when and where? Uh, two to six with Hawk and Crowder. But yeah, I mean, I know uh, everybody's listening, hates the radio, and you guys think not us, dead, not us. And, we love the radio. And, We're not uh, Ethan. And nobody wants to listen to radio anymore because the people who run it are terrible and blah blah blah. But that's just Brian the Beast um, London. Two. two <laughs> Two to six, Hawk and Crowder. I promise you, we're uh, we're entertaining. We're not listening to uh, Miami Heat beat. I promise you, uh, Channing Crowder is worth your time. And if you are happen to be on the way to a Heat game, and who knows, like maybe your cell reception isn't great, so you can't listen to the pregame show on Miami Heat beat. Which I'm not saying you shouldn't. I'm just saying maybe your <laughs> cell phone died, and maybe you know Spotify is not working one day. And oh my God, your radio dial works. You know, like maybe what's, well then you what's can a radio me. dial. Yeah, maybe <laughs> you, you can hear me uh talk about the heat. And if not, I mean whatever. Who cares? Oh, and, uh, and after the me. game too. Right. After the game too. If listen, if you're like people and you don't want the toxic positivity of hangover time and the MHP post game show, uh or maybe you don't want a reality check from Tiff, you go listen to Alex. <laughs> Alex is way nicer than Tiff. There's there's <laughs> zero zero percent chance any of our listeners right now are uh, are gonna tune into the radio. But you never know, <laughs> never know. If you're uh, driving, but re- regardless, I uh, I appreciate you bringing me on because I love I love literally everybody who's a part of uh, Miami Heat beat, and I still listen to you guys Except pretty Brass. much every single day. Well, Brass just hates me, Brass and I don't, I don't know what I did. He's, but... he's just he's just fucking angry. I call he's been he's he's been a little under the weather. I call him yeah. yesterday, and he's like he's like coughing up a lung, and he's like he's fucking people. They keep fucking losing. They're not fucking twenty to the Hawks. Fucking Trey Young. I fucking hate the Knicks. And I was like, the Knicks aren't even playing. Like, you know, Brass, bro. It's just... And uh, and and Kenny, if you ever want to talk like mid to early two thousand heat, just give me a call. Oh, for sure, hundred percent. We'll just just chat it up. That's, that's actually, what I want to talk about. Chopping it up. Yeah, about actually, um, when we when we get off when we get off here, I'll give you my number. <laughs> yeah, that's that's because ask G. That's like literally all I want to talk about. Like two thousand eight, two thousand nine, D Wade when the Heat Man. were pretty. The Heat were extremely mediocre, but. D Wade was just taking over. I mean, that's literally my favorite era of Heat basketball. They robbed him of that MVP. That should have been. I love that take, Kenny. I love that take. Kenny, you had a tweet the other day and you was like, you're like, I'm watching like D Wade film from 09. And you're like, they just like couldn't stop him, huh? Like literally, like, you know, yeah, yeah, because like at the time I wasn't looking for like what defense they were in and like what they were running and all this stuff. I was just like watching a guy cross people up and dunk. And it was fun to me. I was 16. But I look at it now and it's like, there's no like that's it's pick and roll every play first of all and there's nothing you can do about it he can't even shoot for real 
he can shoot 15 feet, but it's just you try to trap it, he's going to split it. Drop, he's going to pull up. You hedge and recover, he's going to read that and attack as soon as you leave. And it's just, it's just like it was nothing you could do. Kenny, the best part is like the players stretching the floor for him are Quentin Richardson, who I know G is going to stand for. But like Yakuba Diawara and uh, Daquan <laughs> Cook. Mario Moon. Daquan Cook. Daquan Cook. Three-point champion. Jamar. Jamario Moon Carlos and Arroyo, Diwara, who are, are the guys who are, are spreading the floor for Wade, which means there was no spreading of the floor. <laughs> and the, the paint was just slammed all the time. It didn't matter. Like, he was getting to the rim at will. But that's why all those highlights, he, he would come off the screen and then cross somebody else over and then spin. Like, <laughs> the, the, pack, the paint was full. It was just like it. Man. Kenny, you say that he pull up on drop. He'd just go at the drop pick. He would just be like, like yeah, <laughs> dunk. Get an one. Take that. Or dunk or like. Shout out to Sean Body and chat. Uh, Resubscribe to tier one for 19 months. That's love and that's respect. Thank you to chat. Thank you to my lovely panelists and friends. Remember to tune in tomorrow for Hangover Time. It is Baskets for Babies. Dos Minuto will come on and join us and we will promote um, Dos's charity, Healthy Mothers, Healthy Babies, with their Baskets for Babies yes. campaign. It helps a lot of single mothers and mothers in general that have, you know, complications during birth and that disproportionately affects women of color. So please make sure to donate. Even a dollar gets you in to win some prizes. You know, we understand that not everyone has a lot of means to donate money, but if you can give a little bit of help, it goes a long way. So that'll be tomorrow. It'll be super fun. And you know that Alf and Brass always bring it for our charity event. So, and Dose will be on. So make sure to tune to that. And of course, pre-gaming with me, Kenny, and I believe Lou is back on tomorrow. Uh, Frankie, I believe, will be back next week. So love you guys. Make sure to listen to Alex on the radio, and we'll see you tomorrow. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.